I don't often do this. I try, try actually not be in the habit of doing this regularly, but I think we all get in the habit at times of having a bit of a whinge. Anyone ever had a bit of a whinge to someone? Anyone had a bit of a whinge? Um, now, you can't volunteer other people, okay? You can't point to other people and it was your husband, Helen. I'm just throwing him under the bus, okay? So you get... So you owe me one, but Jimmy, like you're in trouble. Um, but but the thing is, I'm going to have a bit of a whinge to start off this morning. I'm going to tell you about my week. I don't I don't know if it was like God's way of actually providing a, a sermon illustration for this morning. As we as he just went, this is the week that you're going to have. Um, for those who know, Tessa has been involved in dance for a number of years, and the week before dance concert is a horrible week. Like it is a horrible week because for dance people like people that who coordinate the dance, they think that dance is the only thing that exists during that week. And so they don't mind if the kids are out multiple times and doing multiple sort of showing up for multiple practices. Um, the kids shouldn't be worried about anything else in life for dance week. Um, and that's, that's felt like what it was again this week, except there was an additional element. So we're a family of six. We have um, four kids doing a, a variety of things. And this week, one of the key components to our family was missing because Elizabeth had to fly down to Brisbane on Tuesday as dance week began for PD. And she got back Thursday after the dance practices had finished. She skipped out this year. And so that meant that on Tuesday, I dropped her to the airport. Then Tuesday, I dropped Tessa to dance. And then Tuesday, I went and picked up Tessa from dance. Wednesday, it was a little bit different as I was, I was going to and fro, picking up Tessa, dropping her off, picking up kids from Lego and dropping them off. And it just felt like I was driving all around the place. But that wasn't the only thing that went wrong with my week. Um, one of the things that I, I, I do love doing it, but it, it comes like with a bit of... Um, it can be a bit painful at times, is that I do Lego at Lakes Creek um, uh, once a week. And normally what I do with my Lego, I, I break down my sets, put them all together in a box, and so the kids can go and build that set and build that set. And then I've got a free build box that so they can do stuff with. And this year especially, we've had a lot of younger kids coming along, but probably especially this last term. And so what's happened is the kids go, they're building one and they can't find things in their box. And so they start taking things out of other boxes, which means that box is now mixed up as well. And, and then to top it all off, they were taking um, pieces that were in the box and putting it into the free build box, which is full of Lego. So this week, while I was running around and while I had the house, like I was in charge at my house, I could have it a little bit messy. I had Lego on our kitchen table. I had Lego on a fold-up table. Then I actually tipped out my free build Lego to find spare parts on three parts of my kitchen bench. My kids this week had breakfast on the coffee room, coffee table in front of the TV and dinner there as well because that was the only way I could find. And even still... I wasn't able to complete all the sets. I was just like going, this is taking me forever. And I'm going, we've got to do something different next year with this because this is too big of a job. And I, I, I was getting to the point, I love Lego. I'm not enjoying this though. Like it's not fun. Then to top it all off. Well, not top it off, just to add to the mix. We've had a, um, a bit of an ongoing, not a fence dispute uh, with our neighbours at our, where, where we're looking at building, but with our builder and what they're required to do. 
And so about two and a half weeks ago, um, I got a phone call from our shed guy saying, um, I can't start preparing the shed yet because the, um, the cut hasn't been done far enough. So I've jumped on the phone running around and so I met with our site supervisor Thursday, two and a half weeks ago. And so basically I met with him and he went back to the office and over the past few weeks I've been contacting the office at different times. They said, we'll chase it up for you and they'd come back with an answer. I'm going, that's not even the question I asked. And so it kept them going to and from and, and basically Thursday I finally got a text back from the site supervisor that was no help and I went, I've texted him back saying, all that does is bring up more questions. What are the answers to these questions? Who's responsible? And then I rung the office on Friday. And I ended up saying to them, I said, do you know, in the last two weeks, I've actually got no further than I was two weeks ago. And I went, I'm, I've emailed. And so that was just added to my week. And so I've, I've hit the weekend tired. I, I, I reckon I could have had more sleep over this past week. And, and I'm looking forward to when all the things kind of stop. But I went, you know what, there's still stuff happening over the next two weeks. There's still stuff that's going on. And, and, the, and the top of all of this afternoon, the dance concert's on. And, and the thing is, always, as much as like I hope it to finish early, it always goes even more longer than I'm expecting. And it's great to watch all the hard work come together, but like I'm probably a bit like Caleb. By the end of it, I'm, going, I'm ready to go home. Um, and so I'm going, do you know what? That's been my week. Now, some of you have probably even had worse weeks than that. And so if, you, if, I, if I open up the microphone right now and sort of said, who has got something that they'd like to whinge about? Maybe you wouldn't rush up, but some of you would be able to add to it or top what I've done. Have you ever had friends like that? You complain about something and you go, that's nothing. Let me tell you about my day. Um, and sometimes they tell you about your day and you go, oh, yeah, you win. Like, you do win. That was horrible what happened to you. But again, today we're talking about having a crazy, happy choice. And so in spite of all this happening in, in my week, in spite of all this stuff going on, God is still God. God is still doing the things that he always does. God is still providing. God is still guiding. God is still being present. God is still wanting to bring joy into my life and into our lives. And it's really important that if we let our lives dictate the joy that we find, then there are, I'm going to say we are going to be a miserable lot because we are becoming more and more involved in, in looking at the negative sides of life. Um, and, and the thing is, it wasn't until yesterday that I went, you know what, I've had the kind of week that actually makes my sermon intro easier. Thank you, God, for that. Like, I don't want to be in the car tomorrow, but like, thank you, God, for the week that I've had. And, 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 and the idea that I find that life is full of choices and we have to make these decisions every single day. And we, we have the choice to love God or not love God. Um, and either way, we can constantly choose what we're going to do, how we're going to do it and why we're going to do it. I think sometimes we forget why we're going to do things. Like we might be working because it pays the bill and we, we forget we used to love that job or, or we go to church because that's what's expected of me. I'm meant to go to church. And, and what we need to realise is that, um, no, we, 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 we want to understand the why we are coming. And really what we want to come to terms with is in this crazy happy life, 
actually, what actually happens, um, we need to look at it through the other side of our choices. If we've chosen to put our faith and trust in Jesus, then we've chosen to, to honour the Lord in all these different areas of our lives. Or we've chosen to live in rebellion against God because of any number of reasons. And today we're going to explore the choice we get to make to live this crazy, happy life or not. So Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish and if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The first thing we need to realize, doesn't matter what kind of week that we have, the life we lead, lead, lead is the choices is yours. The choice is yours. These verses teach us an important principle um, about this. You're either going to walk in the spirit or you're going to walk in the flesh or in our sinful nature. It's very important to choose to walk in the spirit because when we choose to walk in the spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lusts or the passions of our sinful nature. We're not going to pursue those things because we're actually actively walking with God. Um, and it's, it's so it's when we, when we choose to go in a certain direction, all of a sudden the other choice, it almost becomes irrelevant. And I suppose the opposite is true. If we choose to follow our flesh, it becomes really hard to see the importance of following God. And the thing is, when we talk about the flesh or our sinful nature and the spirit, these are at odds with one another. And that's why I, I do find some Christians who are living their lives like basically one foot over the side, each over the fence. Okay? One foot either side. They are wanting to follow God. They want to be faithful to God, but they're also wanting to pursue their flesh and they're getting pulled either direction. And that is not a comfortable place to be. And so I see Christians like that and they're absolutely miserable. They're miserable because they feel like they're letting God down, and yet they're trying to they're 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 wanting to enjoy sin and 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 it's just it's just a whole sort of mixed up and and so sometimes the people that just surrender to the sin they look like they're having more fun, and the people that are totally surrendered to God are at peace and are content and are full of joy. But that middle ground becomes really difficult because the spirit and the sinful nature are against one another. Um, and it makes me think of that old view of, uh, I'm sure some of you have seen those old cartoons where you get the devil on this shoulder and the angel on this shoulder whispering which one you want to do and, and, and eventually one of them wins um, and the person follows those things. We need to lean into the finished work of Jesus and walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of our sinful nature. If you are led by the Spirit, you've actually been freed from the constraints of the law because you are now walking in the law of love. And that, that becomes very different. Like um, There are times my kids do what they're told because I say so. That does happen. I say so, they do it, and, and, and basically all of a sudden they're going to get in trouble if they don't do that thing I've asked them to do. 
Sometimes though, they they and it's becoming probably more frequent, which is good. They'll go, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to help out you, help out the household? Like, and why are they doing that? Because they care about me. They they actually care about helping me out. And so all of a sudden, when they do that, I get a lot more effective workforce when they want to help me out than when, when I'm actually forcing to do it. And in the same way, when we follow God, when we are wanting to say, God, I want to say yes to the things you want me to do. I want to be a forgiving person. I want to be a gracious person. I want to be an obedient person. I want to be a joyful person. I want to do those things that you want of me, and I want to do it because I love you. All of a sudden we go, it doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become a duty. But if we're sitting there going, I have to do this because God said so, we may do it, but do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy forgiving someone? I'm, I'm going to forgive them because God told me to, but the next time they mess up, I'm going to remind them about it again. I'm not really forgiving them now, are I? I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to push my mouth up into, in its right position, but deep down I'm going to be feeling that bitterness or anger or whatever else feeling that we're feeling. And we need to get to the point where we are under that law of love, where we are surrendered to God and, and, and wanting to follow him and having that desire to follow him. We see the same kind of choice clearly in Joshua 24, 14 to 15. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is Joshua speaking to the people of Israel after they'd spent years in the desert as children and then had now conquered the land. And, and Joshua basically said he was putting it, the choice to them, saying, don't, don't just passively walk into us. Don't just walk into us and say, yeah, we kind of follow God, but if the next good thing comes along, we're going to follow that. Joshua was very aware of what was around them. You had, um, you had the gods of the Amorites, the gods of the Canaanites, they had the gods of Egypt that uh, some of them could packed into their bags with them. They had the gods, if you went all the way back to Abraham of, of the Chaldeans, and you kind of go, okay, well, these are the, these are the people that we, we can follow. These are the gods that we can worship. Or you can choose God. And then Joshua sort of emphatically says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is a choice that we are making. And on that day, the people gathered and they said, yes, we are in agreement with you, Joshua. We will worship you and we will follow you. And, and from that point on, Israel thrived and no one ever messed up ever again. No. Why? Because the people that followed the next generation didn't make that same choice. They actually chose to live amongst the evil around them. They chose to dabble in the evil that was surrounding them. They chose to not dabble, to fully dive in. And all of a sudden, we see through the book of Judges. And, and if you could sum up the book of Judges, you could sum it up this way. It was Israel's failure to be fully devoted to God that led them to their destruction. There were a lot of bad news stories. There's heroes in the book of Judges, yes, but those heroes are needed because 
the people chose the poor path. And that can happen for us. We can choose the poor path. Choosing to serve the Lord is always the best thing for us because our normal choices can be destructive. And let's just have a look at Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, um, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelry, and, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm glad when I'm going through that list, no one yelled out bingo and go, yep, I've got that complete package. Yep, I've done them all. But the thing is, like, when we look at the choices that are before us, our normal choices are destructive. They are destructive. They, they actually do us harm. When you choose the flesh, you get very specific outcomes. Those normal choices are us living in rebellion against God. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the presence of the Holy Spirit, our normal choices end up having destructive and sometimes eternally destructive consequences. If we looked at that entire list, we realized all of the things on that list result in the kind of destruction where people get hurt. When our lives are lived in a rebellion against God, we are sinning against God, we are also sinning against ourselves and we're sinning against others and society. And the thing is, what's happened in our world, we've got to a point where all of a sudden we go, but everyone else is doing it, so that means it's acceptable and right. I know it just means that everyone is doing the wrong thing and everyone is causing destruction, everyone is causing harm. It's a great reminder that if we choose to live in the flesh, there will be huge destruction. We look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, to and it says, Do you need reminding that the unjust have no share in the blessings of the kingdom of God. Do, be, do not be misled. A lot of people stand to inherit nothing of God's coming kingdom, including those whose lives are defined by sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual deviancy, theft, greed, drunkenness, slander and swindling. Some of you used to live in these ways. Imagine if Paul was preaching that, um, that message and he just throws that line in there. He goes, and some of you used to live that way. He, 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 knew, he knew exactly. But then he says this, but you are different now. You have been washed clean, set apart, restored, and set on the right path in the name of the Lord Jesus, the anointed by the Spirit of our living God. If we choose the sinful nature, then of the sinful nature we will reap corruption. The great pre preacher Charles Spurgeon is said to have put it this way, that the grace... That does, not change my, that does not change my life will not save my soul. The grace that does not change my life will not save my soul. And, and that's the thing. There is a call for us. If we choose to follow God, we do need to make a choice that leads us away from the destructive choices that we live in. We need the help of God to make the decisions that lead us into the crazy happy life. And this is the exact opposite of choosing the flesh which leads to destruction. I want you to look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace 
and long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Paul is comparing, like, if we live by the sinful nature, these are the things that you'll do. It brings on destruction because they are under the law and they will be penalised. But if we follow the Spirit and we are living out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, these things become evident. And because we're no longer under the law of, of, of Moses, we're under the law of love, there is no law against these things. In fact, you can have multiple lots of them. You can have more and more and more and more of this in your life and you don't reach your quota. Like God says, no, you've got too much love in your life. Sorry, I can't give you any more. You've got too much joy. No, that's not allowed. You've actually used up. We only get 10 lots of joy in your life and you've used them all up. In fact, you've taken one too many. So we're going to take something out of your patience for this time. No, no. Paul is saying that because if we live under the, the, the Spirit's leading, our life will be full of, full of fruit and it will be like a fruit tree. Now, I don't know how to do this, but I'm sure some of you will be like a fruit tree that's abundant with fruit. And so you're full of choice. There's like, I can take this today. And it's one of those fruit trees that grows multiple kinds of fruit all in one. So you can sort of, I know you don't pick watermelons from trees, but just imagine you could. You can watermelon today and an orange today and a coconut, all of the one tree. Well, that's what spiritually what God wants to do. He says, in your life, I'm going to grow out of you all this fruit, love, peace, joy, long-suffering. All these things are going to come out of your life when you follow me, when you choose me. And this is where we need to realize that we need to let the Spirit bear fruit in your life. When we choose to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the sinful nature, there are we get different outcomes. It totally changes. These new Spirit-inspired outcomes are called fruit. Um, and Jesus again sort of refers to this in John 15:8. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. He, he actually says in, 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 the, in the Gospels that if, if you are my disciples, you will love one another. And, and he says you'll actually be known by that fruit. And, and again, I think at times as a church, and, and this is not all our fault, I think the devil's got a great marketing team um, because I've, I've been in churches which they are loving churches, they love people, but as a, a broad sort of stroke, the church has been painted as unloving. Now, some of that is because the church has been unloving. And again, the Bible says we should be known by our fruit. We should be known by our love. And so we, we need to be working hard on that. Like We need to be proving the world wrong. We need to be proving the media wrong. We need to be proving all these people saying, oh, the church is irrelevant. No, we need to show that through our love we will grow into the world and, and actually impact on people. Hey, you're going through a tough time and it's because of your choices. You know what? I'm going to show you grace and love anyway. Hey, you've hurt me. I'm going to forgive you because that's what God asked me to do anyway. And in so doing, we're going to shock the world by our love. The crazy happy person is a person who is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And because of their faith in Jesus, they end up making the choice to abide in Jesus and to choose God's best in every situation. In John 15 also, Jesus talks about the fact that you need to abide in him. 
because we can't grow fruit separate from him. If you go home today and sit there going, I am going to be more joyful. I am going to be more joyful. If you do it for long enough, your head's just going to explode because nothing's going to change. Because where does the fruit come from? It comes from our source. It comes from our garden, which is Jesus. And so apart from him, you can do nothing. But in him, you can be fruitful. So you can see how making the right choice is essential to the crazy happy life. We all have a choice to make. And so let's surrender to Christ so we can bear fruit. Now, by way of reminder, the Apostle Paul lets, uh, tells us to again in, in Galatians 5, 24 and 25, which leads us to our final step. Those who are, who, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. So Paul's commandment here is, or Paul's direction is that we need to live and walk in the Spirit. We are reminded that to live and walk in the Spirit, we, we have to be obedient to what God is doing. We just don't show up on a Sunday and sort of go, I endure the service or I, I, I do the good things on a Sunday and I go out and live my life during the week. It's about following God and, and actually seeing God impact your choices during the week and, and change you during the week and actually be present in those struggles where we can go, you know what, God, this is a really tough day. It is a really tough day, but I'm going to choose to follow you anyway. I'm going to choose to be grateful anyway. I'm going to be choose to, to let your spirit sort of fill me with his fruit. And so even though it's like the worst day imaginable, I know joy because why joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Joy does not come from my circumstances. See, if the Spirit is the source of your life, then you also want to let the Spirit direct your course. And this reminds us, God's plan for happiness, the crazy happy way of life, is literally life in the Spirit. Now, this means that some of us need to stop and listen to God more because we're too busy telling God the life that we want and, and, and need and, and God saying, but that's not the best life for you. And we won't hear what God wants to tell us until we stop. Because even, even that, and I, I, I'll be ready, I'm ready to admit that I've done this at times where my prayer is sort of saying, God, this is where you've got it wrong. God, this is where you've made a mistake. Or God, Where's the big reveal? Like, okay, you're going to fix this miraculously at the end and, and I'm going to go, oh, God, you're amazing. And, and meanwhile, God's going, no, that's not the plan I had for you. And if you were listening to begin with, you would have actually made this a lot easier on yourself. You've actually made it more difficult for yourself because you weren't being obedient or you weren't actually surrendering to my will for your life. And, I, and again, all of this starts, starts an argument between God and I, but God, this is what I wanted. And God goes, that's the problem. It's not what I wanted for you. I want to give you a crazy happy life and you wanted to settle for something far less or you wanted to find the crazy happy in a place where there is no crazy happy. Second Corinthians 3, 17-18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and we all... And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image 
from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. See, the idea there is that there is freedom, a beautiful freedom that comes from living and walking in the Spirit. It's where transformation happens, where God actually starts taking our lives and he takes some stuff out of our lives. He puts some stuff into our lives. Some stuff he actually just gives it a bit of a polish. Some, some stuff in our life, I don't know if you've ever had to scrape a house that you had to repaint. Sometimes God does that to us. And it may be uncomfortable, but the finished process is this beautiful freedom that we experience in him. And see, the key for us is to choose God's crazy, happy way of life by walking in the Spirit. This will change the decisions we make and why we make them. See, I think that's the thing at the moment. We are making decisions at times because it's what we want or this is what people expect me to do or this is, this is what everyone does and, and we don't actually truly understand why we're making it. And God says, I want you to walk by the Spirit and there's life there, there's freedom there and there's understanding. It will change the way we respond to the everyday. Your everyday, work, family, traffic, lack of sleep, problems, trials, worries, will be all something that we surrender to God. So the week that I've just had, it's probably not going to be the worst week that I ever have in my life. I hope not, like because um, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was a lot of driving, but it wasn't that bad. Like, but the thing is, the way we, we respond to things comes down to how we are living and walking with God. I reckon if I was a lot more in sync with God at the start of the week, this week would have been a whole lot easier. But I start the week, oh yeah, it's going to be a big week, I'm all set, I've got, to, I've, I've got it under control. I do not remember saying, God, help me this week. Not till I was in the midst of it, saying, God, help me, please, now, I'm, 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 I'm drowning here. But I wonder how my week would have been different saying, God, I know I've got a big week coming up. I need your strength. I need your grace with me. Help me to be gracious with my kids as I'm getting tired and they're getting tired. And to allow God into that mix and to let God change me even before things get big, that's what God is wanting for us. God is wanting to come into our lives and say, hey, this week you've got in front of you, it's going to be an easy one. But three weeks' time, oh boy, you're going to need me that week. Or you're going to need me in that month down the track. Or, you know what, 2022, that was an easy year. 2023, whoa, what's coming there? Like, it's all those different things along the way. And it's just life. And God wants to be present in every step of our life. And, and this is the thing. God has come and he wants to lead us through his spirit. He wants to live in us through his spirit, and in so doing, bear the fruit of the spirit in our lives. This is so important for us to understand. We need to surrender our lives to God and let his spirit lead through us. And that's our choice. That's what is probably the summation of what I've shared with you today is that our choice is to live our own way or to surrender to living God's way. Now, the results of living God's way are the fruit of the Spirit. 
That's the result. So, like, that's a good thing. The results of living our own way. Now, again, some of us are living our own way and we're not doing what we call the big bad sins. Like, I'm not having murdered anyone recently. Like, I'm pretty good that way. Um, I, yep, like adultery, all those things. Yep, that's not happening. And I haven't robbed any banks and, um, I might have cheated on my taxes, but that wasn't a big thing. Like, and it's all of a sudden like, but our pride, our greed, our, 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 our own desires to get what we want and have, that's living according to our sinful nature. And where is, where is the end result for that? It says destruction. It will do us harm. So that's, that's the choice. You live in a way that brings fruit in your life that is a blessing beyond knowing or you live a way where you're choosing your own way and it does you harm. It seems like an obvious choice, yet we struggle to make this choice because what have we got to do? We, we do have to surrender. And as Lynn was sharing earlier, sometimes surrender is about giving up. And so surrender is about giving into Jesus, giving into him so that his life can can take over our life. It's giving up our control so that we will follow his choices for our life. And the result? Fruit of the Spirit. That's the result. So if you want that result and you're not willing to make that choice, you're not going to get there. And, and that's, that's the stepping stone that you need to take today. I'm not sure. Some of you are probably on that stage, ready to move that way. Some of us are resisting this point here, going, I'll give the God this much of my life or this much of my life, and God needs all of it so he can do this for you. So he can see all those spiritual watermelons and coconuts and oranges and strawberries growing in that one tree in your life, and you're receiving the blessing for that. Let's just pray. Lord, we, th- we thank you that, one, you, you have a life for us that you desire for us to experience and, and to grow in and to, to live through. And, and so, Lord, I do, do pray that um, you are able to just come in and guide us and, and show us the way that we must go. Um, I pray that we would be willing to choose you above all else and that we would choose that act of surrender and so that we are able to really follow after you and to to know the fullness of the life you want for us. I pray that we make a choice that will lead to fruit growing in our life that comes from your spirit. And I pray that you would remove any barriers for us making that choice today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.